Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. Got my fingers ready for writing some code. Are you now? Oh, yeah. Up to some things. I write code so fast, you can't even see my fingers flying. They're just a blur. Just a blur code. And to prove my point, roll the music for Better Know Framework. Awesome. All right, man, what do you got? I want you to go to hackertyper.net. Hackertyper. Hackertyper.net. You get a black screen. Right. And now I type. Click in there and just hit keys as fast as you can. Wow. (laughs) And out comes this beautiful code at a speed that would make Mark Miller go, what? Slow down. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I would indent like this. It's like, are these spaces? Oh, my God. Ah, yes. However, for the poor unsuspecting (laughs) soul that you want to impress, this is fantastic. That's awesome. Hacker typer. I love it. That's hilarious. What a great idea. Yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah. Crack me up. That's it. That's all I got. Just a little distraction today. (laughs) Who's talking to us, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of show 1372 from November of 2016, where we talked about building mobile apps using MFractor with one Matthew Robbins. Maybe you've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have. Had a few good comments on that show. You know, MFractor is pretty cool. We should talk about it some more. We should. This comment comes from Andy Dent. So it's about a year old or so where he says, I love this show for many reasons. I've been involved in code generation since the early Mac classic days. And any Mac folk may remember App Maker and Prototyper, both of which I contributed to, and using declarations to generate MFC. I'm now a huge Fody fan. Yeah. We use it as an essential part of the Realm SDK for Xamarin, generating data accessors from simple classes declarations. I'm also a big believer in using tools to provide some, quote, editorial assistance, end quote. That is moving errors from runtime to compile time or even edit time, which, you know, you think about how popular VS Code has become so quickly. Right. I think what's affecting the rest of the community is something we've always known in the Visual Studio space, which is getting those little squiggles under your code as you write them. Edit time debugging, man. Yep. Like it's, it's awesome stuff. Yep. There seems to be so much ritual associated with Xamarin that they should offer a wand and cloak to corporate colors. My favorite gotcha in Xamarin Studio on the Mac, and admittedly this is a year ago, is having to force a rebuild when you switch device types because the cache is not always reliably flushed. Uh. Debugging timing errors with one device stuck in yesterday's code is Doctor Who territory. (laughs) That's not where you want to be. Which is to say, like the TARDIS, it's buggier on the inside. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's a good that's one that's a good one i love it but yeah no you know it's only been a couple of years how many is it three years now that xamarin's been part of microsoft still painful well and there's but clearly they're making progress it's just a lot of code to work on you know yeah. it's it's taking a while i don't envy anybody getting all of that sorted out and making what is always going to be a more complicated process right. building mobile apps on a machine that's not, you know, that's not the machine you deploy on. I'm just waiting for everything up to date. Go build a brand new Xamarin app and try to compile it. See, you just I'm just waiting for that. This is that'd be just, nice. Just high, you're high maintenance. Yeah, I saying. mean, it depends on the day. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that happens sometimes. Well, it's we still have that problem where it demos like a hot damn, but a right. real app is more complicated than that. Yep. I want to be James Montemagno magic with Xamarin. That's yeah, what I want. He's pretty magic. A little mix, a little hacker typer.net in with a little James <laughs> Montemagno. It's like, look, Xamarin flies out of my fingers. Right. Exactly. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so Andy, thank you so much for your comment. A copy of music to code by is on its way to you. And if you'd like some music to code by, write a comment on the website at rocks.com or via any of our social media. Cause we publish every show to Facebook and Google plus. And if you comment there, and we read it on the show. We'll send you some music to code by. Absolutely. And I think we're by now, May 10th, up to 16 tracks. I know there's definitely 15, but see, we're recording this on April 30th, so I'm not sure. If, it's always uh, a little time shifting yeah, in our lives. a little lives. time shifting, but I'm pretty yeah. sure I'll have it out by then. Love it. And definitely follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. We dynamically compile them to get rid of squiggles. <laughs> 
<laughs> we focus on the little squiggles under all the characters. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, bring Matthew Robbins on here. Uh, the last show, as we said, was November 2016th. He's the creator of MFractor, a suite of incredible productivity tools for Visual Studio Mac. He's a Microsoft MVP who's been neck deep in Xamarin since 2012. And uh, welcome back, Matt. Hi, Richard. Hi, Kyle. It's fantastic to get back on finally. What do you think about that comment and the sentiment around it? Uh, that, that Xamarin still has work to do, and it's a bit of a magic box sometimes. Well, and, and a moving target, right? Like at any Visual Studio update time, things could break that you wouldn't expect to break, and just a lot of, a lot of moving parts still. Yeah, I mean, they're on a moving surface in some ways because they, like, so, so Microsoft has the luxury with like ASP.NET that they control like the core tech and when to, right. when to distribute it. But Xamarin, they're built on top of Apple, uh, Apple's iOS stuff and Google's Android stuff. And that's just like a constantly moving platform for them. Yeah, yeah. two of them. Yeah, so it's, I mean, hats off to them for being able to do it. But I, I can understand why things occasionally get out of line well and it's not like they get you know pre-versions from from apple and android either right it's literally when it drops for everybody it drops for them yeah i, I think that they might be like part of some insiders thing I, I'm, I'm they have to be right mm. as i understand it there is no insider thing with apple it might be something with google but Wow, that changes my perspective a bit because that's, <laughs> that's even harder. You got to yeah. at least have a, a black turtleneck. I have uh, <laughs> I have worked with Miguel at times trying to schedule him for shows, and one of the things constant on his radar is when an OS is going to drop, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I need to have that week clear, right?" Because when that happens, it is a scramble. Yeah. Yep, I can imagine that's all all hands on deck for like sixty, seventy hours. Yeah. So let's talk MFractor. Bring us up to date. First of all, this is a productivity suite for Visual Studio Mac, not just Xamarin, yep. but in general, Visual Studio Mac. Tell us, uh, give us the elevator pitch, and then we'll go on to what's new. Yeah, so MFractor is a suite of incredible tools for Visual Studio for Mac. Uh, we primarily have been focusing on the Xamarin space. Um, our customers have kind of pushed us towards going towards Xamarin Forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're starting to more and more go into the C-sharp space. So we've got now two, three dozen code inspections and refactorings just for C-sharp. Yeah. Uh, and we've got quite a few more on our radar. So mm-hmm. watch that Watch that space. We're going to have quite a few more coming later in the year. Yeah. Um, for Xamarin, so which is, that's our, our bread and butter, we have a whole suite of uh, tooling for Xamarin Forms. So and use, uh, we have our own XAML IntelliSense editor, uh, tooltips, tons of navigation shortcuts. Um, and then we're looking to solve some of the problems as well, um, specifically with imaging and localization. Both of those things in mobile apps are just a pain in the ass in general. Yeah. Uh, so we've got two really, really nice tools uh, called the Image Wizard and the Localization Wizard that help speed up those processes. And you have these things like fixes for XAML code. Just, just fix it. What is that all about? Uh, well, I mean, if we can spot an error for you, that's really only doing half the job. Yeah. Like it's, it's nice. You think of it like if you're working with someone, if they're critiquing you, uh, you kind of want, you know, a bit of help in knowing how to solve it rather than just having the issue sure. told to you. Right. So we really, really like, uh, if we can find an issue, we really do try to find a fix for it as well. So say for instance, this is one of our most common ones that people use, uh, in Xamarin forms, you have a, XAML page and a view model, so MVVM architecture. Yeah. And occasionally you'll do a data binding from the XAML onto the view model, and that property won't exist on the view model. Yeah. So we dis- discover that relationship and figure out when that when that doesn't exist and tell you, because this, this is the source of a whole world of pain. Um, because we can figure out that relationship and then know that it's missing. We're using Roslyn, so we can just generate code mm. and make that view model, like that, make that property for you. That's what I miss about VB, and even VB.net to some extent was that it just filled in and corrected things for you that were ceremonial, you know. Yeah, I guess we're trying to do the same thing as well. Like, there's just there's so many obvious things. Like, I'll, I'll be working and I'll go, 
why am I doing this by hand or why is this not being picked up for me automatically? Yeah. It's just this source of like frustration that I think we can improve. Yeah, right. And it's not that de- developers are lazy and you need to write code for them. No, that's not it. But the more I can focus just on what I want to do and the more a tool can fill in the plumbing code, I mean, that's what Microsoft is all about. That's what their languages and tools are all about. You're just taking it to that next level. Yeah, essentially. So just want to make your lives easier, basically. We like that. And I still feel like the 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 XAML flavor of Xamarin is kind of a wrestling match. Like it's still not, you know, it's not a perfect fit over either iOS or Android. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that, I guess. But I'm, my background is not really from WPF or Silverlight. So right. the XAML that I've known has always been Xamarin Forms. Right. So my perspective probably is a bit skewed. I would also say your perspective is more relevant because more yeah. and more it's like it's about the mobile guys. Mm. Yeah, and like and personally, I I love XAML as a tooling developer because there's a one to one mapping from that's what you declare in code and that's the symbol that you get. Right. Like yeah. it, it's it's really really straightforward to write tooling for. Yeah, it's it's good, but there are some things with XAML that are very clunky, like calling constructors. I I don't know how to do that effectively off the top of my head. It's a bit a bit tricky, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, actually, you know what? It's not something you would normally do. Mm. I guess that's why why you don't see it. Yeah. Right. So tell us about um, some of the things that are you know the features that are available uh, for C Sharp and Xamarin and Xamarin Forms, and then maybe go into some of the new things. So our big big draw card feature that we've been working on. Uh, I think we probably kicked it off about November last year. Um, we sat down and had a look at the XAML editing experience and thought, well, this is just kind of the bare bones that XAML have provided and there's a lot of room that can go on, like you can yeah. improve from here. So we'd already had, I think we had this even when we discussed, pre- I talked previously, we already had navigation shortcuts and tooltips, yep. and yep. maybe starting the code generation. Um, but we wanted to just simplify that and make it really, really easy to use. Mm. Uh, and the way to do that is make our own text editor, essentially. So the XAML, our XAML editor, uh, we're basically hooking in all the infractor code actions to being inline. So as you're typing, uh, we're doing things like if you're in a resource dictionary and you want to make a new value converter, so say it takes a, a string or a boolean and puts a string out. Um, that's something that you do pretty regularly. Uh, and there's a lot of ceremony around that. Like you have to create a new file. You have to then declare it in the resource dictionary and then wire it into wherever it's going. Uh, so we wanted to just make that, like those kind of processes, very, very easy to do. So only, yeah. only a couple of keystrokes versus, you know, five minutes of labor. Mm-hmm. So when you're typing... Uh, in the completion, there'll be like a code action section. And so there you can do things like importing new images, generating new view, mo- view model bindings, mm-hmm. um, view model commands, uh, creating new effects. So there's a whole world of things that we can do here now. Uh, and I feel like we're only just getting started, to be perfectly honest. Uh, we're, yeah, I've got a few other things in the pipeline that I'm pretty excited about. It's interesting that you do, you're focused on Visual Studio for Mac because I feel like it's almost a misnomer because it's not the Visual Studio code, right? This is Xamarin's old coding tool that they just rebranded as Visual Studio. Yeah, that's correct. I know they're pulling in parts of the core Visual Studio IDE, like oh, slowly, yeah. slowly, slowly. Um, but I don't, like, as someone who's obviously inside that product swimming around all the time, I'm not seeing the changes come in that quickly, right? but they're definitely coming. So this is kind of like uh, joining of ancestry between sure. VS Mac and VS Windows. Well, and of course, you, I'm sure you field the question all the time, when is MFractor for Visual Studio for Windows coming out? Yeah. Oh, I get hammered with that all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, the answer is uh, eventually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think realistically what, what needs to happen is that we need to get funded for that. Right. So we might have to look into getting a series A to make that happen. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to find ways to do it without taking on, I mean, investment is essentially, 
uh, it's a debt of sorts. Well, it sets you on a path, right? Yeah. Yeah, you 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 get onto a path now that revolves invariably some kind of exit. Yeah, and I and I don't think that's that's in our best interests at the moment. Mm-hmm. So we want to make great tooling for developers. Um, I want to be able to take the time to do that properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if things are taking a bit longer than what we would all like. Um, but I think that investment would rush that, and we'd. Yeah, we have to start making compromises to to fulfill the investors' goals rather than to fill fulfill the developers' goals. It's got to be a very challenging dance between looking at what Visual Studio for Mac and what Visual Studio for Windows are adding versus what you're working on. Like if they suddenly pour a lot of energy into their Xamarin tooling, like they could easily step on a bunch of the work that you're doing. Yeah, and we, we've experienced that a bit. So, I mean, we ha- I think we've been seriously cut at the knees yet, but we're really, really acutely aware that that might happen. Right. I mean, I've, I've spoken to people about this at, at Microsoft, and they're, they're really supportive of what we're doing. But at the same time, their interest is, is in solving their customers' problems. Sure. Our interest is in solving their, their customers' problems. Yeah. So, it, it's, it's, an, it's inevitable that they're going to do the same things that we do. Um, we just have to do them faster, I guess. Right. And and better. Better ideas, yeah. thinking further forward, better engage with the customer. Like we yeah. obviously Carl and I have a bunch of friends that are in this business. Yep. You know, of building mm. tools around in this Microsoft ecosystem and just abundantly aware of that, you know, you're dancing with the elephant and the elephant doesn't always know when it steps on you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and it's like, I'll be perfectly honest. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't find it amazingly fun. Yeah, like, right. I, I quite, I, I quite like the challenge of it all. Um, but yeah, there are times where I'm like, Microsoft, can you just <laughs> leave me alone so that I can, I can just scale this thing up and and make it work. Right. Yeah. What's the experience in general compared to Visual Studio for Windows of developing for Xamarin and Visual Studio for Mac? My personal opinion is that it's much better. Um, I mean, obviously, you get M fracture, right. shameless plug, um, but it's just closer to to the metal, essentially. Right. Like iOS, you're sitting directly above Xcode. There's no right. network proxy that sure. goes to it. Like it's just taking out this uh, huge layer of things that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, for Android, I mean drivers and stuff to to actually play and debug onto your phones what's that all about like that's yeah. just painful yeah but that just as a like user experience that just sucks mm-hmm. um so there's just all these little little things well actually they're not not so little what about android emulation because that's always been a problem. Not a, you know, it's getting better, but it's always been a hard problem on on Windows. Well, I'm in my happy little Mac bubble, so <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't go onto Windows very often. Like I haven't actually touched Visual Studio Windows extensively for maybe four years. Okay. Um. So, yeah, my perspective is a bit off. I think. Um, hmm. Android emulation, if you're using like Genie Motion, it's not a huge problem on Mac. Like, it's really quite painless. All right. Well, that's good to know. Mm. Hey, uh, hold that thought right there while we take a minute for this very important message. Support for .NET Rocks is brought to you by Conversational UI from Progress Telerik and Kendo UI. Conversational UI are chatbot framework agnostic user interface controls and components that enable .NET and JavaScript developers to create modern conversational chatbot experiences in their web, mobile, and desktop applications. The industry's first package set of user interface components built specifically for chatbots are available as part of Telerik's ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, ASP.NET Core, WinForms, WPF, Xamarin Products, and Kendo UI for jQuery, Angular, Vue, React, PHP, and JSP libraries. By implementing key UI design features such as calendars, date pickers, list views, and others that are included in the tool sets, developers will be able to improve chatbot conversation through visual elements. 
For more information, visit Telerik.com slash conversational dash UI. And we're back with Matthew Robbins. This is Carl Franklin. Richard Campbell's here. You're listening to .NET Rocks. And we're talking about MFractor and Visual Studio for the Mac and the wonderfulness uh, that it is when you're developing for Xamarin. I got to think that the big thing about working Visual Studio for the Mac is your iOS experience, that you know you are on a machine that can do that push for iOS directly. You're mm. not making that extra jump. My experience has been pretty good uh, running it on a Mac with running Windows uh, for in boot camp and p- with Parallels or something like that. It's been pretty good. Um, however, my Android experience is always best when I use a phone directly connected to it rather than an emulator. And uh, I wonder if that's how, what you do on the Mac side, or are you not even working with the, the Android apps? Um, so I, I've worked predominantly in Xamarin Forms. Yep. And the great thing about Xamarin Forms is that when, you, like when it works okay on iOS, it's going to work okay on Android. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't swallow that. Sorry. Well. I mean, like, yeah, the re- so okay, I mean, I'm being a little you're facetious. At the, at the user, like, you, you're right about the user interface for the most part, but there are differences yeah. on the, on the OS that you have to account for. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I meant. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But. I, I find because the simula- like the simulator experience for, for iOS is much more rapid and uh, there's less of, of a cost to doing it. Right. I, I, I work maybe 60% of the way with iOS. Um, and then I, I don't tend to use real, real devices a whole lot, mm. uh, mostly just because I'm a, a cheapskate and don't have many. <laughs> um, uh, and But when I do... Do do Android development? It tends to be against a Genie Motion emulator, so I, yeah. I pay for that because yep. it it's that's just so good. Okay. Do you ever uh, develop directly to hardware, or are you always in emulators? No, I pretty regularly do. Like there'd be a couple of times a week that I would definitely push in, onto a phone. Like there's things you can't, you just can't test on a on a simulator, right? Like. Load speed. Your mouse pointer <laughs> is much more. Yeah, well, that's it. And your mouse pointer is much more fine grained than your than your finger. Mm-hmm. Like your finger's like it's like forty eight pixels or something that mm-hmm. it hits. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a big dumb blob. Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we when we were first playing with touchscreens in Windows, you could have that hover over effect that would show just how big your fingertip was relative to uh, <laughs> to a mouse pointer. You just forget. The precision there, the, the sort of instinctual precision you get with a mouse. Fingers don't work the same yep. way. Mm. On the other hand, you can read, if you're clever about it, you can read the orientation of a finger. I remember that from that look? Oh. the old Surface. Remember the old Surface before they hijacked it for those laptops? Yeah, the they card actually, table that you can actually use as a computer. Yes, except, you know, <laughs> it, unless you bump against it, knock it out of alignment, in which case start over. And, oh, did you drop 14 grand on that table? Nice one. <laughs> Don't spill your drinks. But you talk about a weird version of WPF. Those guys are doing some wacky stuff in WPF. And one of the things they could do is actually detect which angle your finger was because you could have 50 touches on it at once. And so you could actually say, these are fingers from one hand and this is fingers from another hand and, and so forth by figuring out those orientations. Yeah, well, I'm looking at my fingers right now and I'm a bit blown away by it. <laughs> 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 well, because a finger's not a perfectly spherical or you know circular dot on your screen. It has a shape. Mm. I can tell you something. I, I think we've suppressed all that data now. The, all that work that was done on that old table and the later versions and so forth just kind of faded away. Right. No, it'll get rediscovered and rebranded and resold in a couple yeah. of years. Knowing as how, a new, how as a new product. Yep. I bet it'll have an AI label. Genius. Absolutely <laughs> genius. <laughs> oh, there's a little sarcasm there. You might be a mobile developer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just a tiny bit frustrated i'm a tooling developer nice uh so you make a light and a pro edition and the light version is free pro edition is paid am i correct yep that's right can you talk about the differences sure i mean the, the biggest difference is you when you're using the light, the light version we give you unlimited access to the features for two xaml files per day 
Hmm. Okay. So you can use you can use whatever you want, IntelliSense action, code actions, uh, tooltips navigation. It it doesn't matter. Uh, but once you hit that third one, Mfractor being the the lovely pushy thing that it can be, uh, we'll just say, hey, sorry, but we've shut down. Right. Hmm. You're no, no more features for you. And sort of the point of you're working at a scale now where you should probably be paying for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and we did we we did some surveys and some validation to find the best number, and it, that was the one that seemed to be the because we need to make money essentially, and sure. we, we also stay afloat. Want we also want people to use the product, and that seemed to be the one that number that was the difference between pure hobbyists. And people who are doing it professionally. So, yeah, that that was the trigger point. Well, three hundred Aussie dollars—that's just not that. That's an individual could pay that. That's not an extraordinary sum of money. Yeah, and I mean, you know what? If you look at it this way, it, it's from it's purely from a return on investment point of view, our localization wizard, which is a, a tool that you can use to take strings into ResX files, right? Yeah. We've had people who have paid for that, and then I've. I've spoken to them. They went through and localized their entire app in four hours. So wow, cool! We're, we're talking. We're talking something like four or five hundred string resources. Yeah, um, that's like that's something. If you're doing manual labor, that could, would take you four or five days, or yeah. perhaps sure. more than a week. Sure. So the purchase of that has definitely paid off. Like just in that tool, one one tool alone, and I, I think that maybe developers need to look at things from a, a more pragmatic business perspective in some cases sure well it, you've got to value the own your own working hours right just yeah. this perspective of you know you know how much you're paid like holy man <laughs> although right. it does sound yeah. like internationalization is one of those linchpin features like if you have this problem you're you're buying this the conversation's over like because it's so yep. much harder to do it other ways yeah yeah and that's definitely one of our target um like focuses that we're going to start actually trying to improve quite a bit mm-hmm. i mean when i was at the mvp summit back in in march what was it may is it may today no, yeah it's me um, now but it's, it's march now. then yeah mm-hmm. i was speaking to lots of united states-based developers some australian developers um and they're all quite happy with the product but then i started to to drift into like developers from mexico brazil portugal right. spain yep and they're like yeah we have to do two languages like we have to do English and Spanish or, or Portuguese, like it, it, we have to do it. Yeah, and it's not optional. As a result, yeah, it things takes just so much longer, and right. like they they absolutely love the tooling with like localization wizard to death. Um, and I and it, it was like a light bulb, like ding, I'm like we suck at supporting our like English second language yeah. like developers. We we really aren't doing a very good job of it. Right. True. True. I mean, doesn't help that the language itself is English-ish. Mm. I mean, it's another obstacle if you're having to learn C-sharp as a non-English speaker, for example. Yeah. Even more weird. Mm. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now? Uh, I must be that happy time again. Yeah, man. It's time to announce the Xamarin Finger Control Suite for Ooh. germaphobes. <laughs> Don't touch me. They only work for the five minutes after you clean your screen with alcohol wipes. <laughs> Rory Blythe would be all over that. All over it. Yep. I miss you, Rory. Somebody asked me about him the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription from our friends at DevExpress to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. You know, everyone knows that DevExpress has great desktop controls, but their web tools are simply amazing. They have this collection of HTML5 JavaScript controls called DevExtreme. And at the heart of this product line are these really powerful controls like grid, chart, pivot grid, tree list, and scheduler. But DevExtreme also comes with more than 50 touch-optimized client-side controls. Data visualizers, navigators, editors, lists, dialogues, and notification controls, and general purpose controls like a filter builder, range slider, file uploader, scroll view, and more. And since they're all HTML5 JavaScript, they include integrations with things like jQuery, Knockout, React, Ionic, and Angular. Plus, DevExtreme controls come with ASP.NET MVC and ASP.NET Core wrappers, so they're infinitely flexible. 
But don't take our word for it. Go for a test drive at dx.netrocks.com. That's dx.netrocks.com. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner, Richard, is Mode Lee. Congratulations, Mode. Mode Lee. Golf for you. And Mode wins a copy of the D-Experience subscription from DevX. That's a big pile awesome from them just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And if you'd like to join, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you have to sign up to win. And Matt, now it's your turn. If you had $5,000 to spend on technology, what would you buy right now? That is a very easy map to spend on technology. Yeah. Well, you are, and you aren't you between homes right now? So you're probably thinking about stuff you need. <laughs> I am, but I'm also going through this lovely liberating phase of going, what don't I need? Yeah. yeah. yeah so the, that, the great purge. The great purge. It's like it's the capital T, capital G, capital P. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, I mean, and it's also then the few things you have. Ha- should be of high quality and versatile. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they they're quite purposeful at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice. As for the five k, I think I said the same answer last time. I could just blow that on on a Mac straight yeah. away. Yeah, Apple will go. always take your money. Like, <laughs> that's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. So the full pro, I, I think I like because I'm looking at you know eventually you know, getting somewhere to not be in a nomad and live again. So I reckon like one of the big, like 20 something inch retinas, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, lots, lots of Ram. Yeah. Giant oh, screens. That'd be good. Something that can pause and Frank during minus 10 seconds. Like I just have to think about it while I'm in the kitchen making a coffee mm-hmm. and I come back and it's compiled. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To get, to get to that place. And, for better or worse, Mac, you know, Apple has always sort of pushed the edge on what's possible with their, some of their screens. Like their 5K is is pretty epic. It's also five thousand bucks. So you know, yep. <laughs> the yep. Mac, the iMac Pro with the 5K 27 inch. There you go, five grand base unit. Boom. Yeah. Can I borrow another 5K for the, for the next <laughs> time, and I'll just and I'll just get the the, the higher end one again because right. you want to put some memory in it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, you yeah, want like memory? That's another 5K. Yeah, can I have yeah. more than eight gig, please? Yeah, it's funny how you know every. It's hard to spend five grand on almost any computer except for a Mac. Where a Mac, you can get started at five and mm. go from there. Yep. Yeah. You better be making some money with that thing. <laughs> yep. Might be the living. Mm. How we actually live. The I'm, I'm fascinated that you're into having a desktop machine. You know, I love mine. I I wait to go to work on the 43 inch 4K and with the bit with the good cherry keyboard and so forth. But lots of people just live in their laptops and don't want anything else. Not me. I'm with you, Richard. Yeah. I love my two 30 inch screens. Yeah, well, I'm, I've been like a laptop person for years. Um, but I think as as Enfract is growing, and I'm looking at you know eventually settling you know stopping and and getting somewhere more permanent to work on it the laptop just isn't uh like it just isn't scaling like like what i want it to yeah it's not enough you know i gotta compliment you on the quality of your documentation docs.mfractor.com because uh the animated gifs of showing your stuff in action uh, are just awesome and I find it's easy to search and easy to navigate when you're using the tree view. It's just really, really well done documentation. Thank you. That, that's really, really nice to hear. We found that GIFs, uh, so basically that came out of Twitter, essentially. I've, I'm very, very active on Twitter, and I've, mm-hmm. I think I've really used Twitter to effectively market it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I hit upon a formula maybe like a year and a half ago. And I'm like, people respond best to the tweets with gifs in them right. um and you know the reason is you can see you know the progression of what a feature does a static screenshot doesn't do it justice a text description doesn't do it justice videos have like a barrier to entry 
and people often disable them loading on their phones to save yeah. mem- like to save bandwidths. But GIFs are like that perfect Goldilocks zone of of um of image yeah. like data, and they also stand out, right? When you're looking at a screen full of tweets, the ones that are moving are catch your eye. Let's face it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, event like what what our plan is with the GIFs. We want some like for most features to have something that represents what they do, um, and then we want to put that into Visual Studio for Mac as well. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that we're really uh, working hard on is exposing people to new features, um, and because the Enterprise does so much stuff, I mean, it does does heaps, um, and people they're not using, like leveraging the product to what it can be leveraged to. Yeah. So we're, I'm excited to bring those gifts and put them into like a weekly product tooltip window to help train people. And I think that'd be a really, really great way for people to basically get better at their jobs, essentially. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well, it's great. Um, Hey, I wonder if we've gone over enough of the newer features of MFractor. Um, Yeah. So last year, I think I hinted at there was a, I think I talked about an image wizard. So this is something that our users love to death. Okay. Uh, working with images and mobile apps, I'm sure that you guys have experienced this. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. It's what I look forward to every day. Yeah, I was tired of sticking needles in my eyes, so I'm trying to manage images on my mobile devices. <laughs> oh, great. Wow. Because <laughs> it hurts less. It doesn't take as much time. <laughs> I, think, I think I physically cringed to that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got this awesome tool called the Image Wizard. Um, basically, a designer gives you the 1024 by 1024 image uh, that's pretty much useless to go straight into the app. I mean, bless designers, cotton socks. I mm-hmm. love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they sometimes don't listen to instructions. It's like I, I need you know seven images with specific sizes. Right. Mind you, things have gotten better since Zeppelin and, and Envision and whatnot, but there's still a bit of a fight to get things into into your actual project. So they've given you a 1024 by 1024 image. Uh, that was supposed to be your application icon. Right. Um, for iOS. So now you have to generate, or, or, or I say like a toolbar icon. So you have to generate three new sizes um, in a much smaller density. You've got a problem now. You have mm-hmm. to then go into, into Photoshop, downsize it, generate three of each, um, mm. Then generate like seven or eight for Android. Manually import them in one by one by hand through the right click menu. Like that sucks. That whole yeah. thing that just sucks. Yeah. Uh, so we've got this tool called the Image Wizard. You open it up. It's in the Tools menu. Um, this is a professional feature as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say this is the image that I want, and then for actually go sweet. Here's a preview of it. Here's the projects that it can go into. Here's the sizes you can choose to come in at. Like uh, at three, at two, at one, XXX, HDPI, those sizes. Uh, and then you can choose the maximum size of it. So if it was 1024, you can downsize it back to, to say, 128. Mm. Um, and then in we'll, we'll do the, the at three X at 128, um, the at two X at 64. Is that the right? Okay. I've opened up the docs. Sounds right enough. Yeah. Um, and then it'll. You know, generate all those images, put them all into the right folders, um, set all the build targets as correct, so like bundle resource or Android resource, and voila, in about 30 seconds, you've got an image into your app, and they can do, do another one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, again, we talk about that time savings of all that hopping between apps, making all the different versions, making sure they all look good, importing them all. Like, this is just yep. a time suck. Yep, it is. We've got my my, my to do list in Enfractor is a, f- a football field long, and, <laughs> right. and just image tooling is it's huge. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm excited to to start properly doing some of this stuff. So in addition to the image manager, like the, on on the football field note of things, uh, I want to add like a visual image editor. I want to add a, an image manager. If Sketch and Vision and Zeppelin would expose APIs, I would just love to directly glue it into those systems. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we manually downloading this stuff and then manually importing it? It's, it's just, it's just silly. You know, 
they've got all that all that data for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, 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 I hear the frustration in your voice, right? It's just like all this time we've put into trying to shorten the cycle for the mobile dev, write some yeah. code, see it on the device and so forth. But it's all of this busy work for dealing with multiple platforms and multiple devices. And yeah, uh, it's just a lot of stuff. There's just, yeah, that's, that's the absolute right term. There's just so much busy work. Like we've, Focus so hard on optimizing build times, optimizing app sizes, um, the time it goes it takes to go to emulators. But the reality is that our like the tooling is what you spend eight hours a day in. Right, right, sure. I hope I hope you spend eight hours a day in it, not much more. Um, and it's like in every you know couple of seconds you can save during that eight hour cycle, it just makes everything much easier and yeah. it can make your job less stressful. Yeah, because you're getting more done. But I also I like this. I, I hate how much work we have to do where where the only recourse when you do it wrong is be more careful next time. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that the real recourse should be there should be a better tool. You sh- there should only be one way to do this that is the right way. It's like, you know, ever ever set the wrong size image into a particular specification for, for a mobile app? Like, that sucks. Yeah. It does suck. And that, like, do it the right way. That sucks. Like that. That's such a bad like user experience mindset yes. for you to expect to have to know how to do something. Yep. I mean, it's great that you know you have the technical knowledge and whatnot, but like, I, not to you know discount software developers, but in some ways we're like glorified plumbers. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, plumbers. You know, like they have pipes and they always fit together properly. Like they have very clear specifications on how things join. My, my dad's a plumber, by the way. So uh-huh. that, that's not analogy. Yeah, so like there should just be clear to find ways of doing things, and if if you're not sure about it, then the tooling should be able to help you, yeah, and and help you learn how to do it properly, rather than you spending you know two hours in documentation for something like right like an an, Im- an image size. Yeah, I, I think it's totally reasonable. It's interesting just to look back because I mean our the last show we did with you in November 2016. This is before you committed to. Visual Studio for Mac and and sort of that really getting into these tooling problems. So you've had a busy year and a half. I have. I mean, it's been crazy. Uh, so just to recount kind of what what's happened in that year and a half. Yeah, we. I was really struggling to get users and get them to stick. Yep. At that point, so back then it was like, is this even? Do people care? Do people want it? Is it even going to be viable as a business? Because the intention was always to be a business. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, we saw these, like, some really, really, you know, big growth spurts in the last year. So, for some perspective, we're closing in on, I think we're at about 700 700 monthly users. Um, Nice. So, it's it's a not significant number anymore. And, And back then, we would have been lucky to have... 150 200 monthly users if like if that and they weren't using features either like these were people who were just installing and the and the product was just sitting there right um so like now we're we're actually getting people to use it yeah um we we successfully commercialized it last year that was a big step mm-hmm. Very Gosh, good. you guys had, had to write had to do licensing engines that oh, is yeah. a pain in the arse. there's some once. fun <laughs> <laughs> once and then the wow. next time i delegated yeah yeah, that is stressful. Um, yeah, so we successfully commercialized in, I think, officially June last year. So we're about to end uh, financial year one, mm-hmm. which is exciting. We survived. We're here. Yep. yep. One good. year down. Yep. And then the really, really cool thing is I realized it was last week. We've actually doubled our revenue target. So we, we, sent a, we set a really, really modest revenue target for the year and we're like if we don't hit this then we're, we're going to kill it because like why are we putting so much of our lives into something that is not going to scale mm-hmm. and take off right mm-hmm. um, and then yeah about a week or two ago we we doubled that target so wow well done yeah so we're probably on on track to do like more and more and more again um so there's just there's tons of room to expand this product i think when they say that magic number is a thousand loyal fans, right? Like you're in a few hundred now, and I'm not saying every customer that's using your product is a loyal fan, but I bet a bunch of them are. 
So you're, you're mm. I feel to me like when you talk about the numbers of where you're at, you may be on the cusp in the next year of sort of tipping over that point where you have that block of fans that spread your product, demand a lot from you and 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 pushing the features forward and so forth. Like you're right mm. there, dude. Yeah, we're almost there. And I'm I'm looking to get someone to start helping with some marketing and content writing. So sure. like I might be actually paying someone soon. To work wow. With me. Are you yeah. terrified by that? <laughs> I'm really excited. Like, yeah. I, 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 I sent some emails out recently talking to people about this. And I'm like, this is amazing that I've, like, I have to stop every now and again because I get so caught up in the details of what I'm doing. But I don't sit back and go, hang on, Matt. Like, you're about to offer someone paid work that's funded <laughs> from the product itself. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's a little scary. Yeah, three years ago when I started, that was, you know, the dream is to be my own boss, and and now, like, I can actually offer someone paid work. It's it's amazing. No, it's it's fascinating, and, and you know, good on you for slugging your way through, and now being able to think about those particular problems and what that looks like going forward. Because we we all oh. want a sustainable product, right? They. Your customers wanted to keep growing. There's all those that infinite feature list that they want, and and you know being able to just keep moving forward on it. Yeah, it's like I'll admit it's pretty tiring at, at times. Oh sure, um, but like at the same time, it's that's awesome when you finally get like you finally hit a problem that needed solving, yeah. or you find a way to to generate sales. You're like, yep, people want this and they want to keep going on it, um, and this is a real a real problem that needs to get solved. Yeah, the, the knowing what I need to build next, that's always a good day. That's uh, what do people care about is a way harder problem to an- answer. Yeah, yeah. So you've been holding off on going to 4.0, right? There's been lots of revs to 3, 3, you know, 3, 2, 3, 4, 3, 5. Are you building up a model for what the big 4.0 jump would look like? The 4.0 jump would either be monthly subscription licensing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I love you know, getting 300 Australian dollars in one hit from customers. Yeah. Right. Um, but I acknowledge that it's probably not the best model, like the, the most user-friendly model. Yeah. As opposed to 25 bucks a month. Yeah, essentially. Right. So, like, I want like as much people to have it as possible, but also be able to fund the development of the products. Sure. Right. Um, because it, if we're not free, like if we're free, it won't exist. Like we can't do it. No. Um, but we can't expect people to really fork out three hundred dollars. Like that's a very, it's a very privileged thing to be able to do. Is mm-hmm. to go. I have three hundred dollars to spare. I can just pay for a tool. Right. Even if it, even knowing knowing what you're typically paid, and like one day's worth of work saving more than pays for that. Yeah, and and the the rationale here is it's not so much for the American. Um, the Australian, New Zealand, the European people. It's it's to enable like Latin America, sure, you know, Southeast Asia and stuff to, to give them access to it because I've got quite a few people who are interested in it. Um, but the, the price point is something that they flag as uh, just just being like a, a hurdle from them being able to make the jump. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So what's next? What's on your to-do list? I mean, you did talk talk about your transition and what's uh, what's going on, but tell us uh, what's next for MFractor. Um, so monthly licensing, that's something that we're actively looking into. Um, as always, these things just take longer than you want them to, um, but it will come eventually. Uh, we have done prototypes of Visual Studio for Windows, but as I, as I said before, yeah, want to do it, but the the cost, like just the sheer time cost of doing it, kind of prohibits us from being able to uh, bootstrap it. I think I can't imagine too much of the code from what you're doing in Visual Studio for Mac is going to port across to what you have to do in Visual Studio for Windows. Like they're not the same product. It's I think I think the way that we've built things is that we'll be able to get a lot of it across. Nice. Like we have a. A very clear architecture in how things are built. So we leverage Roslyn. So we take a really hard dependency on Roslyn. Nice. Um, which is that that's for Visual Studio for Mac and Visual Studio for Windows also, also supports it. 
we have ver- like some very very clear architectural ways of things that things are built. And the experience of me being a mobile developer for like six years um, is essentially the same thing, right? Like it, it's two you know user interface surfaces, Visual Studio for Mac and Visual Studio for Windows. Mm-hmm. And so the whole time that Mframe is being engineered, the, the thought is how is how is this going to be reused for for Windows at some point in time? So there's like the whole product itself is structured like a mobile application. You know, like your two two project heads, and then the bulk of it in like a PCL mm-hmm. or .NET library. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but just to jump back onto, onto where it's going in terms of features, um, I, think I, I was ranting about this before. Localization tooling it sucks. We need to get better at that. So I've got a big list of stuff to do for that. Image tooling that sucks. We need to get better at that. I've got a big <laughs> list of things for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, C sharp tooling. There is just there are so many things that we can do for C Sharp. Yeah. Um, so I've got a big list of things to do for that as well. Uh, and then like, I just want to tidy up and enhance everything that we've currently got. So our, our XAML experience, it's it's definitely better than Visual Studio for Max, default one. Mm. But I, I look at it and I go, we have we still have like 200 holes in this thing that need, need to get glued, like plugged up. Right. So yeah, it's like which one do I which one do I do first? It's like ro- rolling the dice. Sure, awesome. Yeah. Well, you'll keep us posted when new things happen, right? I absolutely will. All right, Matt. Thank you very much for uh, for telling us about Infractor and all the new stuff that's going on. It's been great. Cool. Thanks, Richard and Carl. All right, and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a